Welcome to The Basement Astrologers, coming to you live from the middle of the Middle West and the beautiful Pacific Northwest. This is a special mini-episode where Meredith and I will both be taking turns tackling specific pieces of astrological lore. I'll do a section, then she'll do a section, or she'll do a section, then I'll do a section. The goal is to have little educational snippets for people who might be new to the subject. We hope you enjoy our effort. Welcome to Kip's mini-episode on Aries. I'm recording this in Puyallup, Washington on December 11th, 2018. Whenever we do a mini-episode and I talk about the signs, I'm going to begin that episode talking about the planet that rules that sign. I think that's the best way to enter the ideas and signifiers behind any sign. So when we're talking about Aries, we're talking about Mars, the legendary god of war. Mars signifies excessive heat. When we see Mars move into a sign, we see an item that heats and lifts and divides. One way I like to think about Mars is from the notion of chi, or that universal energy that just brings additional warmth and vigor to any subject matter. Mars is the very first planet whose orbit is outside the Earth's, Earth's orbit around the Sun. So it goes the Sun, and then we have Mercury, and then we have Venus, and then we have Earth, and then we have Mars. Mars rules Aries and Scorpio, and Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Those are the places where Mars is most free to express itself. Now on the flip side of that, Mars is exiled in Libra and Taurus. So the opposite sign of Aries is Libra, so Mars is exiled there. The opposite sign of Scorpio is Taurus, and again, that's where Mars is in exile. Mars is in its fall in Cancer, the opposite sign of Capricorn. Mars is referred to as the lesser malefic. One easy way to think of malefics is, malefics are signs that tend to say no, while benefics are signs that tend to say yes. If Mars appears below the horizon in a native's birth chart, then Mars's limitations may be limited or localized, as Mars is of the nighttime triplicity. If Mars appears above the horizon in a birth chart, then Mars's effect might be accentuated uh, because Mars is the malefic most against sect in a daytime chart. Just different ways to think of Mars when you first see it. If it's a day chart and you see Mars, it's a little more ominous. If it's a night chart and you see Mars, Mars uh, is a little less something to worry about. You might want to focus your attention on Saturn. Traditionally, Mars signified violence, war, robbery, screams, lies, sexual intercourse, anger, hatred, masculinity, military service, those who work with their hands, bold, courageous, and unafraid to take on a fight, either for themselves or for others. So you see, Mars has two different sides. We have robbery, and then we have valor, or, or fighting for others. Now, mundanely, Mars signifies smiths, shops, furnaces, slaughterhouses, places where brick or charcoal is burnt, chimneys and forges, so hot places, hard places. Mars is action. An easy way to discuss Mars is the example of a steam engine. Mars demands release. If there's a chimney, the steam can escape. And you can even put Mars to work. So in the idea of an old steam-powered locomotive, uh, you made up that steam by pumping coal 
into the furnace and then that steam heat up water and it drove pistons and voila, Mars is taming the West. One example I love to use of Mars is the idea of knives through the Zodiac. So Mars, the war of God, the, the God of war uh, is a blade. And, and so we can assign different blades to the different Zodiac signs that Mars might be in. So in Aries, it's a pretty easy one. Mars is a sword, the, the weapon of the foot soldier. In Taurus, the uh, fixed earth Taurus, Mars is a saw, right? Cutting down trees. In Gemini, Mars is a Swiss army knife, lots of different options. In Cancer, the kitchen, Mars is a butcher knife. I oftentimes like to think of Mars and Cancer as a warrior standing in a kitchen. Like, what's he supposed to do with this big sword in a kitchen? Leo, Mars is like a ceremonial blade showing off the blade. Virgo, Mars is a scalpel, you know, put that fine uh, blade to use. In Libra, we have an X-Acto knife. We're doing some, some specific carving or some specific art projects. In Scorpio, Mars is a dagger or a switchblade, and I cut you from the back. Sagittarius, Mars is an arrowhead. It's a pretty easy one. The archer has an arrowhead. Capricorn, Mars is a box opener. So you think of a small business owner going to work with their box cutter. In Aquarius, we have those outside-the-box type blades. We have throwing stars and like a round blade that an Inuit might use. Um, another way to put Inuit might be Eskimo, if that works better for you. And think of those round blades that are just kind of one-off tools. Or a machete, so the, you're out in an adventure and you're, you're slashing your way through the jungle. Finally, in Pisces, we have Mars as a boken, which is the wooden sword that's used in martial arts. The, um, to imitate uh, learning to use a sword, but there's no danger. Um, I really like that imagery because I oftentimes think of Mars and Pisces as either dancing or martial arts. This kind of a watery sign that's emotional and peaceful and you put Mars in there uh, and Mars goes to work. And also Pisces rules the feet. So you have martial arts, you have kicking, you have the boken, the practice of martial arts. Aries uh, is the ram. So now we've talked about Mars a little, we're gonna jump into Aries. Aries is the ram, this uh, fierce little uh, beast who has big prominent horns that can rush straight ahead and run into things. Mars is a fire sign. It's a cardinal sign and it's a male sign. So first we talk about fire. Fire is positive, triumphant, naturally radiant and expressive. Uh, it's impetus and daring, aggressive with a tendency to dominate. Fire heats things up. Then we have cardinal. Cardinal's motion or change. Cardinal is the season that leads off the season. It is the, the month or the period of time that's first for any season. And, and a cardinal sign is pushing ahead and doing things. It ushers in a new season is a good way to put it. And then, and then uh, Aries is male or it's outward focused energy. The, the energy doesn't stay inside. It pushes out. Aries steps forward, looking for interaction, taking on a task with urgency and vigor. And if you apply Mars to that symbolism, what we get is feisty energy drives forward. Aries doesn't pause and reflect. Aries picks a target and engages. I like to say that Aries ain't got no chill. Now, we're gonna do some comparisons um, between some other signs to sort of get a better feel for how Aries works. So comparisons, heats, lifts, and divides. 
it makes sense to divide define Aries by what it's not. So if Mars heats, lifts, and divides, what, what isn't Aries? So first let's look at the other fire signs. So first we have Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, um, the mind connecting ideas, bringing notions together. You know, that's a lot different than Mars div uh, dividing things apart and just driving forward in Aries. And Leo is ruled by the sun, and Leo likes to shine. Uh, attention all upon me. And in Aries, we have Mars, and Mars glows with action. Mars wants to get things done. So you can just see a little bit of the differences between the different fire signs. We have mind, we have attention upon me, like the spotlight, and then we have Aries, just a burning hot fire, attempting to get things accomplished. Now, uh, we can talk about Aries. We can contrast with some other things. Uh, first and foremost, we have the other sign that Mars rules, which is Scorpio. Now, with Aries is fire, male, and cardinal. That energy gets expressed out. Aries is uh, on a skateboard, taking on a ramp. Scorpio, we have water, so emotions. Fixed, held in one place. Not cardinal, not driving forward, but fixed, held in one place. And we have female, so that energy is going inwards. How I like to talk about Scorpio is watery. You know, where is that fixed, heated water uh, where do we find that? One place we find it is in the bottom of the ocean where the water is compact and all that chi is held in place and it doesn't go anywhere. It's compressed down. So if Aries is driving forward, setting things ablaze, burning as it goes, Scorpio's held in place and it's a motion. It's, it's that, that transformative energy of Scorpio is, is that deepest part of the water where things are so, um, so churning and bubbling but not really moving. All right. Now we have Aries opposite sign, which is Libra. I really like to talk about the different signs as relating to the season that they fall in. And here what we have are the two equinoxes, the two times when light is completely balanced. So as much day as as much night, that's the equinox. Aries is the spring equinox and Libra is the fall equinox. One of these, Aries, is ushering in more sunshine. So after Aries, the days are going to get longer and longer until we reach that Libra season where they're balanced again. Um, and then we are going to see a time when there is less sunshine for the entire rest of the winter until the equinox again when there is more sunshine than dark the whole time. So it makes a ton of sense that the sun is exalted in Aries. This makes you know, we could go on and on about how much sense everything makes, and of course it does, it's a system. Um, but in Aries, the sun is exalted, and, and you think about uh, that signifier we used earlier with Aries, someone on a skateboard jumping off a ramp. Well, that's a great way to bring attention to ourselves, right? Um, the athlete charging out into the field. So that's a way for the sun to be exposed. The spotlight is on Aries. Aries is shining when Aries does Aries stuff. On the flip side, when we have Libra. Libra is ushering in that time when the sun is less prominent, when there is less sun for the rest of the year. And in Libra, the sun is in its fall. So we have a time when Libra uh, is, is trying to beautify things, um, trying to make them balanced out and stable. Libra isn't interested in shining themselves, but very interested in making sure that that shine is spread out evenly, um, that attention is played to everything it can be in the most balanced way possible.
possible. Uh, so both of these signs are cardinal. Both Aries and Libra are cardinal. You can see that they're both doing very different things. And again, then we talk about Libra being ruled by Venus. And you see that beautification. Aries being ruled by Mars, dividing, heating up, breaking apart. They're both charging ahead. They're both seeking to get things done, but they're doing it in different ways. So Aries is the ram. And I really like the idea that a ram is a noun and it's a verb. As a noun, the ram is a well-horned, adventurous, and aggressive animal, right? Rams live on the side of cliffs and they daringly find food where nothing else is willing to go. But as a verb, ram means to force something into place. And I think these are just both um, really great indicators for Aries, um, adventurous, uh, finding kicks wherever they can find it, but also ramming something into place. If it's not working, you're not going to relax. You're not going to take your time. You're just going to push and go. So I don't want <clears throat> anyone to think that if they have uh, the sun in Aries, that this is all these things are definitely about them. But I do want them to take some time and reflect on the ways um, that these are things that are appearing in the way in which they conduct themselves and the way in which um, especially they shine. Because as we were saying, the sun is exalted in Aries and wherein a lot of signs, especially if you don't have other co-indicators there, um, you know, you might not feel like your sun sign tells you that much about yourself. But Aries certainly is a prominent indicator because that sun is really doing a ton of work when it's there. Now, to close out, I'm just going to go through a few different individuals who have prominent Aries in their chart. All these people are going to have Aries Sun, and some of them we're going to talk really a lot about where their Mars is and how that plays a role with them. So first is a guy who's a professional football player named Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is a running back, and he played most of his career with the Minnesota Vikings. Adrian Peterson has the Sun conjunct the Moon, Mercury conjunct Venus, and Mars in Taurus. So the Sun conjunct the Moon in Aries, Mercury conjunct Venus in Aries, so just a packed stellium in Aries, and his Mars is in Taurus. Now the reason I think having this packed Aries house is so interesting with Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson had no chill as a running back. He was this huge, sculpted, super fast athlete who made holes, that's the term for when the offensive line pushes the defensive line out of the way so that the running back can dart through. Adrian had no interest in waiting for plays to develop. He would just run straight ahead, sometimes just bashing into his own player. But if he got into the open field, nobody could dart and get away and bust into people like Adrian Peterson could. He was an amazing back. <clears throat> Adrian also had Mars and Taurus, and oftentimes we see those indicators show up. <clears throat> Taurus is a fixed Earth sign. Taurus is a fixed earth sign, oftentimes um, aligning with things of value. And Adrian had lots of really big contracts. In addition, Adrian was super stubborn. He, like I was saying, would never wait around for the hole to open. When he got the ball, he was running straight ahead and he did the same thing every time. Finally, sometimes we can see some of those uh, images um, right in the nativity of the individual um, and and. A lot of the times the moon can represent what people look like. And here we have Mars and Taurus ruling Aries, where we find Adrian's moon. And Adrian had this amazingly thick muscled neck. He almost looked like a bull from the neck 
to the shoulders. Just a big, thick, muscled neck. He almost looked um, like that Mars and Taurus that we're seeing. So four more examples, and I really like these next two a lot. The first is Lady Gaga. Now talk about someone who ain't got no chill. Lady Gaga is always going. She is always, is seemingly never even dressed the same way. Sometimes you can't even identify her because her costuming is so huge. So it, Lady Gaga has the Sun, Venus in, in Aries, and Mars in Capricorn. So her Mars was really healthy and happy. Capricorn is Mars' favorite place to be. Mars is exalted there. And she is nothing if not a hard worker. When we think of one of those signifiers for Aries is we think of the pioneer setting out that cardinal energy heading out into the wilderness. And Lady Gaga really um, is a pioneer. She <clears throat> brought electronica into pop, one of the first people to do that in a broad sense. And she just drips creativity. And you can think of that meat suit she wore and some of those Mars images just cut up raw meat red um, right on top of her as she goes to a gala and walks down the red carpet. The, uh, a really interesting um, headline I found about Lady Gaga's Lady Gaga liberated through reinvention. She's liberated. She's a pioneer. And that was actually in September 8th, 2011 in the India Times. I thought liberated through reinvention was such a great Aries phrase. Um, and I really think that, uh, that Lady Gaga is an excellent example of an Aries. Even if we're not talking about war, we're talking about someone who charges ahead and works really well. One thing I a person I like to compare to is Elton John, who also has an Aries son. And I think they have similar styles, and I'll call that style peacocking. They like to be in the uh, center of attention, again, that sun um, aspect. And they really like to wear outlandish things and be seen. Then we have Loretta Lynn, who was a country singer from the 60s and 70s. Loretta had Mars, Mercury, and the sun in Aries. If you don't know who Loretta Lynn is, she was an amazing, amazing um, traditional roots performer. She was married at 15. Some say 13. She had lots of kids. Remember, traditionally, Mars ruled um, sex. Lots of kids. She was also in an abusive relationship. When we think of some of those war aspects. And she was banned from the radio for talking about family planning. Talk about someone who ain't got no chill. She wrote all of her own songs and listen to some of these names. You ain't woman enough. Take my man. Don't come home a drinking with loving on your mind. One's on the way. No one's on the way. Fist City and the coal miner's daughter. And coal miner's daughter is actually an autobiography, a movie about her. I believe Sissy Spacek played her. It's a, I think it won an Academy Award. It's really a, a great film just about the hard scrabbled upbringing of Loretta Lynn. Finally, the song that got her banned from the radio was called The Pill. At a time when, especially in country music, we weren't talking about um, any kind of sex um, explicitly, and especially not talking about any kind of birth control, she wrote a song called The Pill and released it as one of her major releases. Two more examples, one being a fairly obvious one. Um, it's Hugh Hefner. Hugh had the sun, Mercury, both in um, Aries. You think of Hugh as a pioneer, breaking down barriers. You think of some of those um, relations with sex, but also um, Hugh Hefner had Mars co-present with Aquarius and Jupiter. And when we think about Aquarius, we think about people who do things their own way. And so that Aries house where Hugh's sun and Mercury were, 
um, sun, how he shines, Mercury, how he takes in information and communicates. And, and those are tinged by Aquarius, by that setting your own boundaries, making your own rules, doing things your own way, which Hugh definitely did. Finally, the last example we have is Mr. Quentin Tarantino, someone who you could almost call a god of war, given some of the films he's made with it are so just thick with violence. Quentin has the sun, Mercury, and um, both in Aries. And he also has Mars in Leo, and his Leo Mars is exactly trying the sun. So this idea that Tarantino, um, his exalted sun, and, and this Mars, so ruling that, that Leo house, there is a compl uh, they're both at six degrees. They're in an exact trine with each other. And you see a lot of interplay between this Mars, this uh, the way in which he creates his films so full of violence and wants to be seen and shine through these aggressive actions. Uh, I don't think there's a filmmaker we have that's created the conditions under which violence is acceptable more than Tarantino. Um, now, I said earlier that Mars and Leo was like a ceremonial blade, and we can think of Quentin actually creating these ceremonies in his movies that set the table for violence. And first, we have Reservoir Dogs. We have Mike, Michael Madsen, a.k.a. Mr. White. And in his scene in Reservoir Dogs, he ties up an undercover police officer to a chair, and he puts on music and starts dancing around, and he tells the cop, I'm not torturing you because I want to get any information. I'm just torturing you because I want to hurt cops. And he ends up taking out a straight blade and he cuts off the cops here in this just unbelievably violent and aggressive scene. Then we have Pulp Fiction and we have Bruce Willis's um, character in Pulp Fiction who gets kidnapped by his number one enemy, the guy that's trying to kill him just in the same scene. Um, the gentleman's trying to kill him, but they both get kidnapped and his enemy is getting violently raped by another man in the basement uh, where they've been kidnapped. And this sets the scene where Bruce can actually kill the rapists and be justified um, because of this violent act that's being taken place, even against his worst enemy. Then we have Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. And Uma Thurman takes revenge for her fiance being killed and her daughter being kidnapped. It sets the table for Uma to go and, and find the people who, who did bad to her and killed him. But it's not just for revenge. She's also trying to get her daughter back. She's collecting information. So there's, so there's a ceremony for this action and this violence to take place. Two more examples. First, we have Inglorious Bastards, where Eli Roth, otherwise known as the Bear Jew, destroys Nazis with a bat if they won't give valuable anti-Nazi information. And finally, in Django Unchained, we have Jamie Foxx, who kills all the slave owners and all their help and fights other fighting guys to get his wife back from slavery. So I hope that that helped um, get an idea of where some of this Aries energy and these signifiers come from. It's a short bit meant uh, for you to reflect on and get some uh, interesting information that might help you understand when we talk about Aries energy, what some of those signifiers might mean. Meredith's going to do one for, of her own, and I'm sure it'll be great. Thank you very much and have a great day. Hello, this is Meredith from Earthling Astrology, and I'm picking up the baton from Kip, and I'm about to give my short perspective on Aries. 
So Aries is the very first sign of the zodiac. If you call yourself an Aries, if you were born approximately between March 20th and April 21st, this just means that the sun was an Aries when you were born. But I want you all to remember that we were born on a globe. And when you were born, when I was born, when everyone was born, we were surrounded by every single sign. So it just depends on how much Aries you have in your chart. If the sun was an Aries when you were born, yes, you can call yourself an Aries, but you might resonate more with your moon sign. I personally don't have a lot of Aries in my chart. So Aries is a hard sign for me to kind of resonate with. So this will be an interesting little mini episode for me, who is not so great at talking, talking about a sign that I don't really vibe with. So bear with me. Here is my take on Aries. Um, Aries is the first sign. So it's associated with springtime. In the spring, plants are busted out of the ground. Um, You know, there's a lot of energy. Aries is a fire sign. It's cardinal. It's active. Um, So anytime you see someone with a lot of Aries energy, they're just kind of energize our bunnies. Go, 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 go. They just have a lot of fire, a lot of spunk. Um, Some positive traits of Aries. They're great leaders. They don't need to sleep that much, maybe. They like to, they have enough energy to be in charge all the time. Another positive trait, they're fearless. Uh, you'll see the Aries. They're the ones on the adventure discovery channels, climbing mountains, taking risks, um, just doing things and having no fear, jumping out of airplanes kind of thing. Again, I'm not going to be doing that because I don't have a lot of Aries in my chart. Uh, Aries are determined, confident. They can be brave, take initiative, and not afraid to speak up for what they believe. They're also the entrepreneurs of the Zodiac because, again, they're not afraid to take those risks. They're just go all like go big or go home kind of energy. They love adventure and they're positive and energetic. Um, they're also associated with the hero archetype, uh, the warrior. Aries is ruled by Mars and Mars is the god of war. So a lot of, um, I've actually done readings for people in the you know armed services. I have a lot of Aries in their chart. Uh, Mars is a red planet. I see a lot of people with red hair actually have a lot of Aries in their chart. It's kind of uh, cool to see that happening as I'm reading more and more charts, how Aries shows up for different people. The symbol for Aries is the ram. So I think of it as um, you can put each sign in front of a wall. Uh, and Aries will just ram itself straight through that wall. Just all energy, all go, all action. While a Capricorn might make an elaborate plan to climb the wall, Scorpio would maybe dig a tunnel under the wall, and Virgo might want to make the wall better or find the perfect way to climb it. So you could just think of um, these signs and different energies Whatever you want to pick. My example is the wall. And like I said, the Aries, the Ram will just go, go, go right through it. Aries is the best sign for self-care. They're associated with, um, in my opinion, the first house. Um, They can think about themselves and, and really a lot of other signs can focus a lot on other people, which can, you know, negatively, you have to focus on yourself too. And Aries is really good at that. They're, they're good at taking care of themselves in the best vibration um, when they're vibrating highly, I guess I, I should say. Um, Aries rules the head, face, brain, and eyes. If you have afflicted Aries in your chart, you might suffer from headaches um, or kind of weird head pains. I see 
Aries, um, let me think, like a Saturn and Aries might be chronic headaches that like you don't know why they're there or they are associated with stress. That's just one example of like a, a physical ailment that can happen with Aries energy. Some famous Aries, I think Kit mentioned a few of them. I don't have a lot. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. And Mariah Carey is actually an Aries, and I am historically a huge Mariah fan. I had all of her albums. I think she's fantastic, or her voice is just amazing. Um, But what I know about Mariah, she's kind of into herself, and she'll admit it. That's kind of, uh, the Aries are like, me, 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 me. And what is Mariah's nickname is Mimi. It's just kind of funny. Sometimes this translates literally. Another famous Aries is Reese Witherspoon. I think she's a fantastic actress. But what I can tell you, I've read my People magazines. One thing Reese Witherspoon and Mariah Carey have in common, I they both did interviews or articles about they don't like to go on stage or be in character without makeup. They need to be looking good all the time. They, they really want that makeup. So I think what I've noticed with kind of famous celebrity Aries, they have a hard time getting into character because it's hard for them to step outside of themselves because Aries is the sign of the self, of your identity. That's just one little kind of tidbit that I've noticed. Uh, another famous Aries is James Franco and another one is Kate Hudson. So again, to wrap up my very, very short Aries presentation, remember that you are an Aries. It doesn't matter when your birthday was. You have Aries in your chart. How much Aries do you have? You'll have to you know, go see your local astrologer to find out. Where are you a warrior in life? Where do you stand up for yourself? Where are you fearless? Uh, where, where is your confidence? This is all can be seen. This all can be seen in your astrological chart. Um, are you acting on your Aries energy or are you not? Are you acting too much on your Aries energy? Some of the negative traits, um, they can be negative. They can be easily angered. They can come off as too aggressive, impulsive, and confrontational, hot-headed, selfish. Are you acting too much on that Aries energy? Again, astrology is all about balance. Um, each sign has a positive and negative traits, and I'll probably talk about both of them as we keep doing these episodes. But just know there is a balance. You can find a balance between caring for others and caring for yourself. Find your Aries. Where do you need to be confident? Where do you need to be brave? Where do you need to just go for it? That is your Aries energy. So that's all I have for Aries. I'd like to thank you for listening to my very first mini episode. And thank you, Kip, who did the first piece. We'll be back next time with Taurus. Thank you for listening to this special episode of The Basement Astrologers. We hope you enjoyed this short educational clip from Kip and myself. Please email us at thebasementastrologers at gmail.com if there's any astrology topic that you'd like me and Kip to tackle, and we will try and put out an episode in the future. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and also please find July Fighter on any music streaming service. We'd like to thank July Fighter for our opening and closing music. Good night, Earthlings. Good night, Earthlings.